Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? Pretty good. Trying to uh, squeeze yet another episode in before we uh, take a little spring break travel. And uh, 16 days to the first IndyCar event, Kirby. 16 days. Can't wait. Can't wait. 14 days from now, I'll be spend the night in Nashville on my way down to the race. You're going to be uh, checking out the course there, Curb? I'll be driving. i take my iPhone and uh, do a little video reconnaissance of the course for you, sure. Are you? Okay. You're going to take some the family truckster up to speed there, et cetera, et cetera? I don't, I don't know about up to speed, but we'll, re- we'll uh, run the truckster through the course. I'm sure my uh, passenger will be thrilled. There's worse places to spend the night than Nashville, Curb. That's what I hear. Looking forward to seeing what it's all about. Well, I hope you take advantage of the ample nightlife that exists there. (laughs) I wouldn't count on that, but we'll do our best. I know. Please do. I beg you. Life's (laughs) only so long. Gotcha. Curb. Um, Sponsors. Neologic Beer. Golden, Colorado. Can't get any more environmental than Neologic. South Street Diner, Boston, Massachusetts. Mention this podcast. And the owner, Saul, will give you a generous discount. Email. We haven't put this out in a while, Curb. Um, you know, I, I think we didn't want the – we didn't really want to get emails. So, But we'll put it out there uh, just in case somebody does want to send it to us. That's the King Hero Podcast. That's K-I-N-G-H-I-R-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Curb, uh, Last two episodes, ratings were not good, so I'm hoping we can lift our uh, game here in this in this episode. Okay, well, uh, we're off to a rip roaring start. We'll see. Yeah, well, keep that energy better, level up, and I'm sure keep that energy level up, and I'm sure we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons our ratings aren't so good is because we really kind of wandered off the pitch a few times uh, with regard to keeping all things IndyCar on the podcast. So I'm going to try and I'm going to try and drag it back and talk more exclusively IndyCar in this episode. Let's start off with the uh, the elephant in the room, I think, which is how many people are going to get to show up at the Indy 500 this year. And you're you're the man on the street there in Indianapolis. You got to it, it really sounds like it's going to come down to what kind of the mayor says. What's your gut feel there, how he is going to do it? Well, you know, Rogers put that uh, marker out there. He wants 250000 right? But um, I really have a hard time seeing that. You know, so far they've been successful with the uh, NCAA basketball tournament, haven't had any real problems there. They're now vaccinating anybody in the state over 16 years old. So it's gone pretty well here. But I'm going to guess they top out at one hundred twenty-five to 150000 Curb, I just bought tickets uh, to go there, so I better get in. <laughs> well, hey, I hope you get in too. Um, I know I'm getting in. I've got <laughs> I got a large group of seats, and I control them, so I know I'm getting in. But uh, you, you may uh, have to pry a couple of those uh, large groups uh, to uh, to a couple of poor attendees that are in from out of town. Right. Curb, the, uh, when I do arrive in Indianapolis and when I do have my ample fill of, of adult beverage uh, and then walk into the arena of speed, one thing I do want to see is a bunch of balloons going in the air. 
They really get your day started off right, don't they? I, I'm, I've had it up to here with this controversy of to the environmental damage that releasing a, you know, a few thousand balloons into the air is doing. I can't take it anymore, Curb. It's mm-hmm. like uh, if, if you're a fan of motor racing, I can't amalgamate the liking of, of motor racing and this concern over releasing a few thousand balloons into the air. Curb, what say you? I, I haven't heard a real um, uh, outcry about the balloons in a number of years, so um, I'm not sure where you're getting this, but um, I don't think it's uh, much of a concern. I don't think it's in the overall scheme of things and the overall problems in this world. I don't think the balloons they set off to uh, the beginning of the race are, are a big problem. When you put 300,000 people into one area like that, right? The amount of trash, you know, human waste, and everything else that they produce mm-hmm. is mind-boggling. This is compared, true. Compared to a few thousand pounds of latex. Uh, I, I think I struck upon something uh, with you the other day, and, and maybe you can join me in this. I think we have come up with a solution to this to make everybody happy. New balloon issue? Yes. This okay. environmental catastrophe that is the balloon release at the 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's hit it. Let's, let's hear it. Well, I mean, we talked about it just very recently. <laughs> Obviously, you've already forgotten. It was such a brilliant idea; it blew your mind. Um, I, you have often lamented, as I, is that what they really need to do at the speedway is extend the sheltering uh, over to turn two and through the short shoot. Correct. The roof, yeah, definitely. And I think both you and I would agree. We might disagree on the amount people would pay for to be under shelter. Uh, I would say that's worth a hundred bucks a ticket if it's worth a dollar. All right, I'd start off at ten and uh, keep pushing it every year until I got to the pain, the pain point for okay. my customers. But sure. Yeah. So somewhere between ten and a hundred dollars, we think per seat per seat that's worth just to do that. I think there's money in that. Let's just. Cut it at 50 bucks a seat extra they're going to charge for that. Right. Uh, could they just give $3 to some environmental fund uh, per seat? Kind of, like then, a, kind of like a carbon credit? Like a, exactly. Go to the John Kerry uh, market of credits. and what, what did Martin Luther – what were they doing back in Martin Luther's days? What would they call it back then? Yeah, Curb, you got me there. You stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> There's a term I can't remember what it was, but uh, but you would oh, buy it. Oh, when buy you're it, buying you... when you're buying favors. Um, come on, Curb. You and I, both Catholic educated, should be able to come up with this. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I, I want to say vespers. It's not vespers, but it's close to that. Well, maybe we'll find out before the show's over. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you want to do to make people feel better, but that seems like an easy solution, and have the added benefit of you and I sitting in the shade. Um, <laughs> Which I think we both so desperately want to do. Even, yes, my my wife my wife might actually come back to the race with me again if they could put that uh, roof over our seats. Indulgences, right, so indulgences. It is indulgences. Thank you, Curb. Thank you, Curb. Um, indulgences. So let's do some environmental indulgences and make everybody happy. IndyCar, are you listening? Yes. IndyCar, are you listening? Doug Bowles. There you Doug, go. Doug Boyles. Doug Boyles. I was thinking uh, Boyles Racing Team. Sure you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug Bowles, 
whose stepson is Connor Daly. Imagine that. All right, so we solved one the car problem. Curb, we are the King Hero podcast, and I think most people know the story of King Hero um, and kind of the, the woeful pay-for-play aspect of King Hero. I think King Hero might be getting trumped right now in F1. In F1? Yes. Where, where are this, we... Uh... Where we focus on IndyCar for these. I started out with I started out with King Hero. That's okay. IndyCar. <laughs> okay. Segway. Segway. Um, Mr. Mazapin um, has already has a nickname called Mazaspin um, on the basis of the fact that he cannot, through any practice or and qualifying session, can't seem to keep the car on the track. And had not completed more than, I think, one or two or three turns of the first race before he stuffed it. And his father, a Russian oligarch, uh, financing the looks like financing the entire deal at Haas this year. And it looks like part of last year as well. I mean, uh, King Hero might be trumped in F1. F1 does everything bigger and better, and I think maybe they've done it bigger and better in a pay-for-play situation. Really? Wow. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is one to watch. I mean, wow. It's incredible. Well, I'll let you watch and tell us all about it. Kurt, I think you and I uh, last episode congratulated IndyCar on actually doing some testing that made sense for a change. It's true. And, and um, we saw evidence of that when they went to Indy. Um, to test kind of the uh, push for pass uh, with electrical boost type of thing from the Kurs system. And we've seen them in Texas kind of trying to do a few things as well. I'm going to continue the kudos there. They, they seem to be putting enough cars at it and doing enough testing where they're actually coming up with some useful data. Everybody's been talking about how they kind of did the push for pass at Indy, you know, simulating the Kurs system and it kind of universally fell flat with the drivers. What do you say, Curb? You know, if I understand correctly, they're just trying to figure out how to apply a curve system uh, at an oval, and particularly at a super speedway where we can never use the brakes. I don't. I think it's premature to accuse the the series of of looking for a way to add push to pass at Indy or something like that. I think they're just trying to figure out how to. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm well, accusing them of it. I'm just uh, saying people, I think, the, the they, I think have, they tried but, it. I think they tried it out and. Yeah, you know, the drivers all said it was terrible. Okay, but um, the point of those articles and interviews has kind of been, we don't need push to pass, we don't need more gimmicks at Indy. And I'm just saying, I don't think that, that was really the intent of the test. I think the intent of the test was to say, in a couple of years, we're going to have this curve system, we're going to have this hybrid system. We know how to use it on road and street courses. People that are going to be involved that are going to provide the hybrid technology or the curve technology they want to see it used at Indianapolis, right? I mean, that's where you get the bang for your buck in IndyCar. If you're going to promote having hybrid technology, they got to figure out a way to showcase it at Indy. This is kind of a first step. I think Jay Fry said there are more questions than answers coming out of this test as how do we make use of hybrid technology at a court, at a super speedway like Indianapolis? I don't agree, disagree with what you're saying. I mean, does it make sense to you as it does to me that, you know, like throwing an extra 50 horsepower on at the end of a of the straightaway probably doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think that's 
yeah, I don't think that's been the issue at Indy, and I don't think um, I don't think you want that going forward. And you know, I think the biggest complaint that I read about was when that extra boost ends. You know, they're they're going so fast and so close. When the guy in front of you, if his boost stops as you're entering a turn, you may not have time to react to his car yeah, slowing yeah. down. I mean, just, just go back to your favorite uh, Charlie Kimball running out of gas in front of uh, J.R. Hildebrand, right? They don't want to have to be dodging cars that are drastically slowing without warning in front of them. You know, that just seems like a legitimate concern. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, you know, probably where it's going to end up is more mileage, less pit stops. Yeah, no, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you can, uh, you know, however, however they would generate uh, energy that's recovered on a super speedway, and I don't know how that is. I think that's where it would be is just improved gas mileage and cutting out a pit stop if you can. Which uh, would be a great relief to several of the IndyCar teams who can't seem to get a pit stop right. Uh, coin, Foyt, am I missing somebody? Well, uh, Andretti seems to find a way to muck him up the last few years. So. True, good point. Um, well, that uh, still doesn't stop him from releasing him into other traffic. Right. But just less opportunities to do it, right? It'd right, less right. Stuff. Yeah, the, the the challenge is that in the last handful of years, uh, Indy's kind of become similar to road and street courses where the guys are watching their fuel mileage from the beginning of the race and uh, trying not to lead and trying not to be too racy. You know, you don't want to promote that kind of approach to the Indy 500 either, I don't think. Um, agreed. Agreed. And I, I, I can't, I, I just can't imagine with the, the, the differences in the closing rates and all that, that that's going to work. And, but again, the point is IndyCar's testing this stuff out for change instead of just throwing it on at a race and kind of hoping it works, which is, seems to be the MO as uh, in recent years. And, and thank God for that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's certainly um, encouraging. I'm still not so sure, though, that we're going to have a decent race in Texas this year. It's sounding like that that compound is very stubborn. Is that right? I didn't hear. I didn't see that. Yeah, and 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 apparently the discoloration of the track is kind of permanent, or at least semi-permanent. Right. And that and that in itself might be enough for problems. The other problem they had last year, which is kind of forgotten, but um, yeah, they you know. Firestone, I think, had, had developed or uh, designed anyway um, a new tire to take to Texas. And when the pandemic hit and the factory shut down, they ended up just bringing the prior year's Indy 500 tire, I think. And they went very safe on the settings because they hadn't been able to test or practice. And so a, a very unfortunate accumulation of problems there at one time. Hopefully, with proper preparation this year, even if you do have to deal with that surfactant or whatever that's called, Hopefully all of the other problems that were the present last year are not present this year. and That's the only thing they have to deal with. Maybe the and, answer is to spray that on the entire track so it's all the same. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, I mean. <laughs> you know, not just the outside group. Spray the whole damn thing. And everybody's they, on the same thing. NASCAR had been there like a few weeks before last year, whereas this year I think IndyCar is going to be there before NASCAR. So hopefully, hopefully that's a benefit too. We'll see. Curb, uh, I know that you were uh, intrigued as I was. I had a very high raised eyebrow over the Andretti SPAC. <laughs> yes. Winner. Uh, Dow Jones uh, call sign winner. <laughs> yeah. And SPAC, uh, for those of you who are not on the financial world, is um, stands for, and now I can't think of it, special 
Special there. Purpose Acquisition Company. Thank you. Otherwise, Special... otherwise known as a blank check company. Exactly. So the 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 concept behind a SPAC is there's a guy you think he's a good businessman. You give him money in the form of buying into his SPAC, and then he says, "Trust me, I'll invest it and make you a ton of money." Right. Um, I'm sure with certain management fees uh, chiseled in there from time to time. <laughs> the corollary to that is I'm going to go find some private company and rather than having to go through the arduous process of an IPO, since I've already successfully done an IPO with my SPAC, I can just buy that private company and I don't have to take them through the IPO process. Correct. So without going too much into the financial weeds here, Andretti has announced that they want to do a SPAC. What was the amount, Curb? $250 million, I think. $250 million, I believe, is right. I, I, that sounded low to me when I was about to say it, but I think that's the number. So they're trying to get you to buy into a $250 million SPAC. Now, I think we could go on all day about that, but I think the more interesting question there is, what is the Andretti SPAC going to invest in? Well, they had a long laundry, laundry list of potential um, um, you know, categories of companies, uh, all of them loosely, some of them more loosely than others, related to the racing or automotive industries, up to and including you know, future technologies such as hybrids and, and electric automotive technology and that kind of thing. The, the bottom line is you still don't know. You're just trusting um, Michael Andretti and... The retired uh, CEO of U.S. Concrete. U.S. Concrete. Yep. So you know that guy retired, and uh, as a consequence, Marco lost sponsorship from U.S. Concrete. Uh, but as they were longtime family friends, that gentleman is getting back into business with Michael Andretti with a blank check company valued at 250 million dollars. Well, good luck to him. I'm not sure I'm going to be putting my money in it. However, I do have a. Uh, Suggestion for them, Curb. Okay. Again, we're we're about solutions here, not just about talking about problems, but providing solutions. Again, I see this as a Macquarie Bank-esque type of thing where they could provide, you know, because they do – Macquarie is well-known, an Australian bank, well-known for like basically building a toll road or providing the financing for a toll road, right? And then yeah. they, they collect the tolls over many, many years. Could they build a shelter over turn two in the short shoot for the Indian app in the motor speedway, right? Yeah. Uh, provide the capital for that. And then, you know, just charge a little surcharge per seat uh, for that. Could that be one of the SPAC's investments? Well, they could just sell a bond to Roger Penske, right? And Penske could promise to back the bonds and pay the future payments out of those higher ticket prices. Yeah, but this is a nice little and you know Andretti tie-in, right, with the yeah. Speedway. It, it makes a lot of sense. I saw a speculation that he could uh, buy an F1 team with it. Uh, yeah. I, I think I literally um, saw that somewhere actually, and I think they're only half. They might have been half joking, but they were half. <laughs> well, they were half serious. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure Gene Haas is uh, not wouldn't be listening. He, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd take the call. Yeah, right. Maybe he could finance a drive to survive IndyCar for less. Ooh, I, that would be a. I think that would be a real downer for the SPAC. <laughs> it 
wouldn't wouldn't pique your interest. Nah, <laughs> very high risk, very low reward. Um, right. Pretty sure. Well, I think those are you know I think we've given them enough to work with, uh, and good luck to them uh, with that spec. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. I will say this: I've doubted Michael Andretti in the past, and uh, he's proven me wrong more than once, and with his entrepreneurial attitude and effort. So, uh, look, if he can pull this off, kudos. Yeah. Curb, uh, we're winding down here. We've reached our twenty. I, I, I'm gonna. I, this is gonna be perceived as a snarky comment, and I hope it's not. And again, the tie-in tie with IndyCar here is that there's you know some IndyCar teams involved. Did you notice that the first E-Extreme uh, practices didn't go that well, where the cars were losing power over certain parts of the course uh, because they just weren't ready to uh, – it was like conking something out. Not surprising. No, it's not surprising. And look, I don't – you know, it's the first race. You know, you got to give them a break. They also said the thing, same thing about the first IRL race at the Mickyard curb. That turned mm-hmm. into 10 years of catastrophe. Just got better and better after that, didn't it? 30 million bucks a year to being burnt out of the Holman fortune. So Hard to, hard to imagine why the sisters uh, wanted to change, huh? Curb, are you going to read that book, uh, The Split, uh, when it comes out? You know it. Yeah, me too. But I look forward to it. I, nothing I like better than reliving all the pain of those years. Do you think there'll be any insight there that you and I are unaware of? I would hope so. I mean, there, I'm sure there's plenty that we're not aware of or plenty that we've suspected but never could confirm. There's got to be something in there. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth doing, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. If it's not in there, you know, then I don't think it's worth reading. All right, Curb. I have a question. Yes. Uh, we've mentioned all this testing stuff. Have you heard anything about the uh, the aero shields, the aero screens? And whether they've done anything um, over the off season to make the drivers more comfortable in the cockpits? Yeah, you know, it's an excellent question. Uh, the, the, so the short answer is no. Right. Um, I haven't heard anything. I think the implication there is like uh, mission accomplished. Like they figured it out. Whatever they produced by the end of last year was going to be good enough. Hmm. I never really got the impression at the end of last year that that's how the drivers felt. I mean, certainly the complaints lessened by as the year went on, right? It seems to me like, yeah, that by the time we got to the ending race last year in St. Pete, that that uh, they were kind of done. And I, I haven't heard any further developments uh, along those lines. Maybe that's uh, – I mean, it's really – it's an excellent question. All right. Well, we'll effort that before we got to come on again. It's a great question. All right, Kerb. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, listen more. I mean, our ratings suck. <laughs> Let's see. Download. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Um, subscribe to the podcast. P- take your pick. But uh, Yeah. Do something, man. I, but I, those, yeah. of, those of you that are listening now, we thank you. Good night, everybody. Take care. <laughs>